Get After It podcast, where we talk about what it is, but we're more interested in what gets you from the before picture to the after. Joe Ryan is a Marine vet. Brian Gustafson's an Army vet, both from Montana, and they sold cars together 15 years ago. Now they both like talking with people on different topics they're passionate about. There's our new intro. That was pre-recorded, y'all. Yeah, trying to be more professional, <laughs> working on it. We're 11 episodes in. Welcome to episode 11. We're finally here. We've been announcing it a bunch. We're here with Jesse from Albanco. Jesse, you want to say hi? What's up, guys? We're going to do a cupping. Yep. We're which here. Joe's forced us to refer to as a tasting because cupping, cupping sounds weird. <laughs> it's just one of those words that makes me giggle. And tasting yeah. words, too. Tasting yeah. is also, it sounds so grown up. And no. we, we got here, it's uh, 4 o'clock on a Monday, we got here a, a little early, not much, uh, five minutes early, and found out we, the, the coffee isn't quite ready. Yep. We, th- we, we were going to have it ready, and we had to do, I say we, I didn't have any part in this. We didn't do anything. Jesse had to <laughs> clean out the machine in order to not have a fire. Like, yeah, yeah, so bas- basically there's always routine maintenance on a coffee roaster, and then there's like long-term, like six-month maintenance. And you don't really know where that is, like, for your unique system until you've been there. And we've had the coffee roaster less than a year. So I changed a couple things, like, from the initial six-month cleaning. And so this was right at six months, and I pulled it apart thinking I might be able to get away with just a few of the runs of exhaust. And it needed to be, like, fully pulled apart and, and just... Yeah, it yeah. took me about four hours to do all of it. So. so you went to go do an oil change, and the yeah. whole engine just had rats' nests in it and <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, we like, dropped oh, the transmission yeah. and, and did a rebuild, basically. So. I and, and that's it right over there, Joe, the green. It's, yep. Well, it's green on the back. You can see that green and then the big metal exhaust coming up oh, cool. uh, to our right over yep. there. So we walk right by the thing that's roasting the beans. You do. That's yep. cool. And when did you start, I know we're not really getting into the podcast, we're going to go into the cupping, but when did you start roasting your own beans here? Yeah, so it probably would have been about two, two and a half years ago, Um, because initially I started on a much smaller roaster, it was a one kilo roaster, Um, so that's considered like a sample roaster, it's not really intended to be um, used to produce coffee in a cafe setting, you can do it, it just takes obviously a lot of time, and so... That's what we had like for a budget to start up. So I just roasted some of our coffees, like whatever we were featuring kind of a thing. And then I housed coffees from a friend of mine in Conrad, Montana. Um, He owns a roastery called Folklore. Um, Yeah, so I bought coffee from him. His stuff is incredible. So he helped me out a lot, actually, because he allowed me to buy like kind of the bulk of what we do, which is espresso. And then I... Um, supplemented like coffees for pour overs and stuff like that to start just to get my foot in the door and then worked from there so and that's i mean it's not a small investment it's kind of a risk to take to to buy a a big roaster like that and yeah and in montana from what i've noticed the last few times we've talked about this montana can be uh, a delicate place to to roast coffee in as well just with weather changes and pressure and altitude and all of that plays a role in roasting the the beans i mean at the end of the day this stuff is all as simple or as complex as you want to make it because mm-hmm. um, everybody's like tolerances vary wildly um, I am obsessive so I like my roast profiles to be within 10 seconds of each other like back to back to back to back um, uh, as far as in, in terms of what my baseline is um, 
I won't go into detail, but each coffee has its own roast profile. Okay. And so whatever that time is, if it was 10 minutes and 30 seconds, whatever I decided I liked, I don't want to be outside of 10 seconds plus either, or minus either, that time. Either side of that, yeah, 10 minutes, 20, 10 minutes, 40. Yes. That's, he's got 20 seconds in there yeah. that he's going to pull that. Yes. Oh, that's... And yeah. some, some coffees are even like pickier that. than that. Um, yeah. You just have to taste, honestly. But that's always my goal is that that number. So, yeah, like what I did today, um, I just noticed the last couple times, um, you know when you're getting to a point when um, typically it's like one of the um, exhaust fans that gets um, crud, like, built up in it. Right. Um, if that slows down at all, your airflow changes, and mm. so it will in turn change my roast profiles in terms of what I need to do to meet that baseline profile. Essentially yeah. just keep turning the fire up exactly. because it's not having enough air exhaust flow. or airflow yeah. going through. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. and when you know that it's for sure, it's it's impossible to know for 100% sure, but if there's not a lot going on with humidity, with temperature, like no crazy swings, and then I'm still seeing like some unpredictability that's not normal, then you know like somewhere in there. And that can actually happen like... Um, just by chance, like even way before, like what would be a, a maintenance period. Oh. Um, this just so happened to fall. I mean, it was literally almost six months, like on the dot. So, wow. Yeah. So, so now you're starting to figure that out. Well, let's let's jump in. We've got if we explain the the setting here. When you walk into Albanco, we we have listeners actually all over the country. We have a couple yes. over in like Germany and other places. But hey, we, Germany. This is. It's, it's one of the, the best environments, even for like a, a restaurant or anything. You've got exposed brick. Um, what, what would you call the, the style? In, in industrial almost? Yeah, definitely industrial. I guess um, maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but a lot of cafes seem to call it like industrial modern, like with the set. Yeah, It's right, like, like an right. older building, but they try to modernize, mm-hmm. whether that's like the bar or whatever. Yeah. And like mine, I guess my equipment's all like very new and Mm -hmm. tech forward like with what we brew with in that and then we tried to keep um you know the layout and everything the design i guess yeah um, yeah the 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 architecture you can see all of that and it's just yeah it's just a gorgeous place to be it was actually my office um at childbridge for several months really yeah yeah, this is this where we didn't have an office in town and so they they were kind enough to let us you know set up shop over on the other side over there we walk in and the the counter's here and then we're just off to the side of the counter we have i don't want to i just want to describe it i'm probably not using the right terminology but we have ground coffee in four different cups in front of us but you explained last time i did a, a, a cupping that uh these are specifically designed cups. Yeah, so cupping bowls, um, bowls is what they're called, like the correct terminology, I guess. Um, they are specifically shaped. Um, they are meant to hold an exact volume. Um, uh, weight would be more accurate um, with the coffee and the water. Like we want 200 milliliters by the time we're done here. So okay. obviously you have to take into account having the grounds in there and everything. So they're shaped um, very intentionally, um, and most of what we're going to do here, this is this is mostly when I'm bringing coffees in, um, new coffees that I haven't tasted before. Um, we do this, and then when I am roasting, um, I'm doing this pretty consistently. Um, I'm not. I don't mind disclosing that there's some people who will cup every single profile, like every batch that they roast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. If I see something that's off, that's outside of my 
window, like as far as what I'm getting with my data, because my roaster hooks up to my MacBook, so I can see what's going on as right. far as the temperature goes. Right. Cool. Um, if there's something in it that makes me wonder, then I will always go but, back. But you have it. such a tight window yeah. that it's going to, like, doing the tasting yeah, in, is almost wasting coffee. Yeah, in a way. I mean, even still, I do. I still am constantly tasting. I'm tasting regularly. My thing is, cupping to me is, like, when we bring new coffees in, it allows me to see things, like, from a defect point of view. I'm looking for what's going on in this coffee that is like an origin problem, as in it, it, it's it's a roast, not a roast defect, but a defect in the bean itself. Right. I'm not something I inflicted on it. Right. Um, so right. I want to know what those are like, and that's why we cup, because um, you can, the more you train your palate and everything, you can learn how to sniff that stuff out, literally, and taste it. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's one reason I cup, and then it's also... When I, when I have that baseline profile, um, I do cup them when they're new coffees, um, regardless of how they'll be used. But that is also the reason, like, down the road that I don't cup every batch. Because if I have a coffee that I have in mind for espresso, where I primarily want to be tasting it and how it's performing is as an espresso, not in a cupping bowl. And vice versa, if I have something for filter coffee or whatever... Um, that's how I want to be tasting it, not in the cupping bowl. Right. It's not irrelevant, but it's it's very specified at a certain point for me. So okay. right. So if yeah, I'm tasting yeah. something off, I I can more easily taste that in a cupping because we're, I don't know, I'm focusing on that in particular, I guess. So the setting has a lot to do with it, and then I can take, say, I had like two bags of the same coffee, but they were roasted a couple days from each other and they were slightly different, I might pick something up that's pretty identifiable in one that I like or don't like, and then I can go back to my data, like with my mm -hmm. profiles mm -hmm. and see what that looked like, and then that's my new baseline. Right, right gotcha. Yeah, okay, so it is sense. beneficial um, at all, any point. But. So all that's stored in your MacBook, you yeah. can go back and say, on this date, I made yes. you know, this, and, you, and so you can look at the Nicaraguan coffee, mm -hmm. and you, you know exactly you know, how many roasts you did and, and yes. what bags are in and all of that. That's yep. <laughs> way more work than I would have done. Are you also um, checking, like, weather and you do, have, do you have, like, barometer readings and you, you want to know what the humidity is before you're doing everything? And that's yeah, all that's I'm, I mean, I don't have, like, actual equipment, but I'm always looking at forecasts. I'm mm. looking at, like... I also actually have, like, an inner ear issue, so I can actually... I am sensitive to pressure changes uh -huh. and so if my ear plugs up really bad like it's happened literally while i've been roasting and we have i mean it's not abnormal being in montana but like sunny 80 degrees and then there's a thunderstorm that rolls through it definitely changes things like as far as the roasting goes because my exhaust for the size of roaster that i have is longer than ideal right um, and so i notice those things even more because it took a lot of time to tune the two together. Um, I have to be very careful because if you have an exhaust, like mine has to have a booster fan because of how long the run is. Right. If that's too powerful, it pulls too much heat out of the roaster. Mm -hmm. um, so that affects my batch size. Like all of those things go together. Okay. And so you notice much more, I think, on some other people might not have the same experience if they have a shorter run of exhaust or whatever. 
but for mine here, it's very sensitive. Especially if the, the pressure changes, um, you know, if it gets the pressure gets lower, that right. fan, without you doing anything, that fan's going to yes. go faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, so I you mean, have to slow it down because the pressure changed, well, not because of anything you did. This stuff, like, I never thought about, too, like, based on where your outlet's facing, even. Like, we've had, I've had one, only happened one time to me, but however the wind was blowing, it was super windy, and it was, like, the perfect direction to blow into my exhaust and my my roaster wouldn't even light because Whoa. it's pushing oh, wow. it's backdraft yeah. right yeah. so it's no matter how high i had the fan on or whatever it wouldn't light because my um san franciscan is the brand of roaster that i use it won't light unless the um air situation is ideal um, right the pilot's like an auto light thing and it just won't it won't even go almost as so, like a safety feature yeah, yeah. wow so so you're saying that you what we were gonna we were calling a inner ear problem has become like a coffee roasting sensing yeah, superpower. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, yeah. I don't know if it's worth up. it or not the rest of the time. But yeah. when I'm roasting, but yeah. when you're roasting, yes. it's, it's perfect. It's yeah, all, all of a sudden it's kind of nice. Okay. Yeah. And and so what we did before was you you roasted two different um, origins of coffee. And we tested those and narrowed down to Guatemala. Yes. And then so ideally we would have had two different roast profiles here from yes. that Guatemala coffee. But, you know, we have the, have the issue. So now um, that would be the stage we're at now is we're trying, we, we picked the bean based on the flavor. And then now we're going to pick the, the roast profile right. based on the flavor. And so we're, we're going to actually do that for the actual Guatemalan that we're going to order for this podcast. Mm -hmm. We'll do that uh, in a few days. Um, yep. we'll, we'll do that. But this one is just so that we could get it recorded and everybody could hear what this is all about. And so what do we have in front of us now? Yeah, so we have two coffees. Um, I buy all my stuff very seasonally. I try to buy uh, small amounts of each coffee that I purchase. Um, I want them constantly rotating in and out so we're bringing new stuff in and it's always at its peak like as far as freshness goes right i mean there's that way there's, there's zero risk that it falls off in terms of flavor mm -hmm. um and coffee does keep um for longer than what i move coffees in and out for it's just what i like to do is to have new stuff constantly so right now like a lot of what's um currently coming to the states what's being imported is from like Central America, um, this late spring and summer. That's a lot of what we see. And that can be affected like, well, the last year we've had other issues besides just seasonality. Um, but all of those coffees can vary year to year when they come by a couple months. But right now I've got uh, naturally processed um, coffee from El Salvador. And then we also have a honey processed coffee from Nicaragua. Um, so obviously both. Uh, Central American. So naturally processed means. Yeah. So at its most basic, I'll just try and like. Right. Keep right. It right. Right. Um, natural would be leaving the entirety of the coffee cherry on. Um, that's that's the extent of the original. Like with a wash process, you strip the cherry. They have what's called a depulper, and it spits out the seeds essentially, mm -hmm. and then they're floated. Um, in water and they're fermented in water then they're dried in the sun um again that's an oversimplification but right right with a natural you literally pick ripe cherries you sort them and then you stick them out in the sun to dry and they're turned um consistently over the course of weeks however long the farm 
or producer decides to dry them, whatever's adequate. Okay, and um, then and then you mentioned yeah, uh, the wait, honey. and then they peel off the cherry after that, right? Yeah, ultimately, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah, it gets processed like down to this, like the, the seed yeah. essentially, um, and that's what we get. Um, and then and, and the, the honey is slightly different. So some of the coffee fruit it's stripped down to I believe the mucilage, which is like the inner layer of it's still like flesh but it's mm-hmm. um it's identifiable and separate from like the coffee cherry itself okay then they stick that out in the sun to dry so it's not like washed um so if you were to see it you could still see it would look like almost like um pieces of the fruit um flesh dried on the bean gotcha. and they actually have like further classification like there's uh, yellow honey red honey black honey and those colors are literally just identifying like the extent as far as how long they let it ferment for. So, right? so the so darker it gets, black would be the longest. The longer it yes, fermented. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yellow, the opposite. Okay. And that, that it would affect the same coffee three different ways would taste totally different. And, hmm. and so then what, what color does that coffee come to you? So it, it, they all come to me the same, which is green, green. like we call yeah. it. We okay. just generically say green. Yeah. Okay. So um, you don't get you. It, that's taken off in yeah. the process. And they would yeah, look gotcha. different, like a washed coffee compared to a natural, compared to a honey. Like there's some distinction, but that also um, could have to do with a ton of other factors, like the varietal of coffee, where it was grown, all that stuff. Right. It all plays into like the end product. Okay. And so, so what is, what is, are you ready for step one? Yeah. Okay. So what is step one? Yeah. So initially, like when we're evaluating these, the first thing we're do, we will do is to evaluate the, um, fragrance, which, um, in this case insinuates that we're assessing the dry, uh, fragrance, excuse me, because there's fragrance and aroma. Aroma Mm. is when we wet the coffee and assess the smell. Okay. Um, so fragrance is dry. So we always start with just the grounds um, in the cupping bowl, and we smell. Um, and and how, do we, how are we going to do that? Yeah, so basically um, you pick the bowl up. Um, you can agitate by tapping. That does help in between uh, smelling. It just, I can't prove to you scientifically why it is, but you ask anybody, they're all doing it for the most part. Um, you'll notice like when you go back in for another smell, if you agitate, sometimes it, it just opens up your nose a little bit and you smell some things you didn't before. Um, so basically the way to do this is to open your mouth, um, while you're smelling, um, sounds interesting, but all of these things, what we're trying to do is maximize our sensory experience, right? Cause I want to be able to do anything big or small to make sure I'm getting all of this coffee good and bad because at right. this stage I want the bad if it's there mm-hmm. right this right, is right, an right. actual production roast um so it's it's my first one like with the El Salvador the honey Nicaragua was done already I have a baseline profile I'm really happy with it um so I like taking my new ones and putting them next to a coffee that I do like that you do like yes, and, that and then you have that comparison mm-hmm. yep. awesome okay. so um we're gonna just go ahead and start all right so yeah just take one yep, yep go ahead And these are, I should also explain, there's two of each of these coffees. So there's two bowls of the El Sal and there's two bowls of the Honey Nicaragua. The reason we do that is because um, you can have an obvious variance bowl to bowl. It takes like literally one 
bad bean, even if it doesn't make the whole batch bad, to throw off a cupping bowl. And so by doing two, we can sort out whether or not that was a fluke, being like one bad thing in the one bowl, and then um, whether it was uh, like a defect that I'm noticing regularly, right? Hopefully I didn't buy that coffee, but <laughs> right, it right. happens, right? Right, yeah. Um, anyway, so that's why we do two of the same. So we got two and two here. And so I'm, I'm you trying to make to sure you smell both bowls of each because again, together. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you're not going to smell a difference. A lot of times you do. Um, I've had my experience when I do this blind, which just means nobody knows which is which, um, and they don't understand that it's two of the same coffee. Almost every person picks a favorite, even though it's the same and that, coffee. That happened to my wife and exactly. I when we came in. Yeah. That we, we had a favorite yes. of the two. And what do we, uh, uh, you know, as, as uh, new biles, you know, yeah. newbies to this, what, do, yeah. what, what are positive things we're, we're looking for or smelling for and, and negative things? Yeah, so um, the easiest way to explain that, especially when you don't do this for a living, is that there is no wrong. What you smell is what you smell. So okay. if, I was, if I was cupping with you guys as customers, I would be telling you, I'm not looking for an um, analytical, like, um, professional opinion on the coffees. You don't spend hours every day working with them. I want to know what it reminds you of the first thing that pops into your head. That's always mm -hmm. what I tell people. There's no wrong thing to say. So if it reminds you of, I've literally had people say rubber or like, like as far as a tire. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's typically, that's not with something that I'm, producing <laughs> right. but i often will throw coffees in that if they're a sample that was pretty rough or whatever um just to mix it up like when i've hosted cuppings um i want something that sticks out like a sore thumb good and bad right yeah because then we yeah. have coffees that smell like a piece of fruit yeah like even to somebody who's not trained yeah mm -hmm. so and, yeah i'm not looking for anything in particular if it's me personally i'm smelling for those defects again that's a really generic thing to say like when you understand which what you look for in a cupping but um typically like beans that are um underripe or whatever or they're defective they have like a um overall smell of like peanut shells like a nut that's not pleasant um mm -hmm. of some kind so i'm looking for something like that i'm looking for um like if it's a coffee where i'm not trying to accent or bring in any earthiness if i roasted it in a way that shouldn't develop any of that and it's still coming through that's something i want to know and something i smell for like the next person might like that but that's not what i'm looking for in that coffee so i have specific things in mind based on the actual coffee that we're working with mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. anyway so yeah. cool. so I, I we've we've all kind of as you've been talking we've all kind of smelled through yeah. mm -hmm. so we have the um, El Salvador yes. and Nicaraguan. And so with the El Salvador, did you notice anything, Joe? Well, with the El Salvador, I guess, because I have no idea what I'm smelling for. It just smelled like a fresher cup of coffee. Like I smelled more of that. Like I would, whenever I go for a really lighter roast, because like I used to be a very dark roast person. Yeah. And I thought, you know, and then one of that... Uh, that coffee guy down in Missouri, he actually told me, you know, the lighter roasts are you, you can actually taste more of the bean. Yes. So I went for a lot, li the lightest roast I could. And that's kind of the difference I smelled was that kind of lighter roast 
flavor or smell. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, it was more like a drier. Like I would, if I was going to compare to like a fruity wine to something that was really dry, in comparison with the, these two, the um, Nicaraguan one was just a little more dry smelling. Yeah, so I don't mind disclosing that because we're not doing these entirely blind, obviously. Right. Typically, I do them blind just because it's fun. Um, yeah. yeah. For me, it's essential because I need to not know what's what. You don't right. want bias. So I'm not biased, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but in this case, like what you pointed out, it is roasted a bit lighter for starters, but it's also a higher scoring coffee. Um, so what I would say is the difference between the two is cleanliness. Mm. This is a, yeah, it lacks the earthiness that this has. Even though this has good things going on, mm -hmm. there's distortion from an earthiness that is not present here. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is cupped at like an 85.5 and the El Sal is like an 88. So what? when you start to get to picking and choosing like as far as assessing points to a coffee mm -hmm. those are the things that set apart even an 87 from an 88 if we were going to taste them side by side you would notice something to that effect yeah what's right. the, what's the scoring um from what yeah, to what so for specialty coffee it has to score above an 80 mm -hmm. um 80 to 90 um is the scoring scale like 90 being you just don't see them very very rarely <laughs> Okay. And if you do, you probably can't afford them. Uh, I, I've had two in the entire time that I've roasted. You've had and them here or yeah, just had, nope, like, had tried them, them? I've had them here. Yeah, I've had more than two, like, 90-point coffees myself. But And then, and yeah, because there was just one here. Uh, oh, man, I might be wrong, but I feel like it was Ethiopian. Uh, pretty recently? Pretty recently. Yeah, no, we had, like, an 89. I think that one cupped in an 89.5. Like, that's from, yeah. again, that's from the importer. So I, as a roaster... They typically say, like, if you can add a point, like, in your production roast, because that's just a sample for them. Right. That they were able to roast and assess that score. So, basically, you know it's money. Like, if you're hitting that 89 number, mm -hmm. that's very rare, too. And that one was, like, an 89.5, I believe. Yeah. I could be wrong. But I, at any rate, like, what separates that coffee from any that I've had before, it was definitely an 89 or a 90, like, when I produced the roast, like what I had on a baseline. Because that was the day I was here watching you roast, yes. and I was here to actually take pictures for this podcast. We can mm -hmm. share on social media. My camera battery died. I ended up using my, my cell phone. It was, it, But it was great because I could, I could smell as the coffee was roasting. When that one went right. in, even just standing next to the roaster, you could instantly smell yep. a difference. And you could smell a difference even when you open the bag before you even started roasting it. Yes, yep. You could smell a difference. Yeah, so the um, green on the green coffee is very telling. Like, again, if you're not trained um i've my wife is like into coffee some but she's not like she's no intent to develop a palate or anything like that mm -hmm. and so when she's here just hanging out or whatever and i'm opening like new coffees i mean i can smell immediately if something's like super fruity yeah it smells like berries or whatever to me right and she'll go and smell it and it just smells like <laughs> she'll say it smells yeah. like what it is is kind of vegetable-y or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the more you interact with coffees like that. But those ones, like those 89s to 90s, it is undeniable. Like, I've had people who have no... Like me. Yes. <laughs> and you can smell that, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so with these two, I, I noticed kind of what you picked up on, on the Nicaraguan. Yep. There was like a more earthy is how I would mm -hmm. describe it. But I understood what you were saying. And then this one, the first flavor I, I got, well, whatever just came to my mind, was black licorice. Yes. But I don't like black licorice, but I wanted to try it. Does that make any sense? Oh, that yeah. like if it, it mm. like sweet 
and like I wanted to try it even though I don't like black licorice. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I want to, I want, I want that in my face. I don't know how to say that, yeah. but um, black licorice is what I got. But it was a very s- sweet mm-hmm. and pleasing aroma when normally that's not what black licorice is for me. Right. So yeah, and then I would say some of that coming from the natural processing, like sweetness. Um, mm-hmm. It's not to say wash coffees aren't like that, but um, when you cup things side by side and we do have a honey and a natural and they both are known for the amount of sweetness they can carry it's a lot more in your face like you're saying it's it's abrupt confrontational it's not something like you're sifting through this complexity which is a washed coffee to me like a good one will offer you more complexity next to a good natural or whatever but the sweetness is definitely undeniable in those yeah um and the other thing that you have to consider with doing this is if, if they're fresh, like the more fresh they are, um, it's actually not necessarily ideal because coffee is constantly off-gassing. Um, and so that's distorting. And I can actually pick that up, especially in the Nicaragua. But I also know that it's only like three days off roast. Mm-hmm. So the El Sal is like a week and it's, so it's approaching where I would like it. But I've noticed just through experience and then literature, um, naturally processed coffees from like central and south america they take a bit longer to maximize in their fruitiness and their sweetness compared to something from like um, ethiopia or rwanda um, somewhere else i might get a really nice high cupping natural from so to give them more time okay Um, yeah that makes sense okay all right what's what's step number two here okay so number two is we hit them with water and that's when we are going to assess the aroma which will be um, there's a specific way that we do that. Um, so maybe when we get to that point, I'll like talk a little bit more. So right yeah. now I'm just going to add, I'm going to fill these up to 200 milliliters each mm-hmm. um, by weight. So they're exactly the same. And then we're going to start a timer because that's the other thing. All of this stuff, I won't get into details, but if we did this officially, there's actually a sheet that comes from the Specialty Coffee Association. And you assess different aspects of the coffee in different timing sequence. So we probably already let this sit out for too long? No. No. Like oh, the okay. dry aroma, there's um, somebody would argue and fight me tooth and nail about that, but mm-hmm. 45 minutes to an hour um, is like with a fresh coffee, especially from what I've read and what I've experienced myself, a lot of this crap is very um, dogmatic with coffee. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had, I can't even tell you how many conversations with people and they'll say something to that effect and I'll ask them why and they don't know <laughs> so I like to try things in yeah. practice yeah. so no these coffees are not ruined <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. if okay. we were doing this like for scoring purposes yeah I would be a little tighter um, I would try to keep it within like 15 minutes or whatever um, okay. anyway and so now you're gonna where you where are you headed now yeah so I got a kettle that's gonna be on it's okay. gonna be on like 205 degrees Fahrenheit okay um, mm-hmm. our water boils at 26 206.6 or something like that so we want it as close to boiling as possible so. all right okay that sounds good and so he's gonna he's gonna step away as we're we're still here uh, joe what do you think of the experience so far this is fun it's um a little it's not confusing but it's confusing in the same way going to a wine tasting or uh, any sort of tasting is confusing you know because you I, we never think about the science and where it comes from and the no we just want a cup of coffee i just i just want it to taste good you know uh, but when he said that the um the, the coffee it takes a week or sometimes different uh, different amount of times to kind of get to that sweet spot that kind of reminded me of guitars like acoustic guitars are the same way with uh, depending on the wood a sitka 
is going to be different than a cedar, which is going to be different than a mahogany. And you first buy your guitar and you're like, ooh, it sounds a little stiff. You give it a few years. Um, and with Sitka, it, it happens a lot later, a lot longer. So Sitka guitar, guitars are more, more sought after because it takes a long time for those things to hit that sweet spot. Right. But you can buy another one and it'll hit that sweet spot in a year or two or even shorter. But it won't get as good as that one that takes the longest. So it's like, eh, it's kind of hitting those same uh, little interesting points of science, you know, when you really get into what you're getting into and all the little minutia. So it's, it's kind of flipping a few of my little acoustic guitar wood switches, if you will. Right, and and within regards to you know get after it and and passion, when you have somebody like Jesse that has has researched and and cares cares this much about quality and mm-hmm. and re- yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain it any better, but just like a mad scientist. Yeah, you, know? you can tell he's gotten after so many aspects of the coffee experience from the you know nosing knowing about growing the beans how they're processed when they get out of the dirt in the sun and drying them like months before we ever get them in our in our bag in america you know yeah. he, he knows what's going on and, and what how that could affect his end product and still in this room i mean all the equipment we need for this end product is no small thing i mean we're it still isn't. doing a ton of work and research and checking the weather and the humidity and everything that goes into just a cup of coffee a little yeah. cup of joe <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like diminutive when you say it like that so it's a little cup of joe this is, like, <laughs> this is like a cup of life and science here yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like the i don't know the the generations that have gone before to to get us to where we're at right now yeah and where we would be you know shout out to those sheep herders <laughs> that first found the coffee bean you know yeah. <laughs> So we're now looking at um, the the four cups in front of us again, and I'm assuming they're in the same order. But it's okay that we don't know. Um, and and there's 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 bubbles on the top of them, and they're they're filled to the brim mm-hmm. to to kind of describe how that bowl mm-hmm. had to be. Yeah. Exact. So we, what we want is for it to build a crust that's not actually like essential. I mean, it was thought for a long time if it the coffee never came to a crust in a cupping bowl that it was underdeveloped. Like from a roasting standpoint, that's been disproven many times over, just by taste. Okay. And so, is after. that what we're looking at? Is the crust? Yeah. So, so the the um, L cell, like for example, is building less of a crust than the Nicaragua. That makes sense to me because the L cell is roasted lighter than the Nicaragua is. So, typically, the darker the roast. Again, all of these things, there are no rules. Um, but as a general rule. If it's roasted a little bit darker, it's going to build a thicker crust. And the reason that we want it to do that or the idea is what we're going to do here at about the four-minute mark is we're going to break the crust, and that releases like a cascade of aromatics because that's trapped underneath, and that's how we would first assess the fragrance with the wet coffee grounds. Um, It just gives us the most to go off of. Mm-hmm. Um, you do that by pushing through the crust with your spoon. You want to do it in like three uh, short movements from front to back of the cup. Again, someone else might have a different method. That's just what they teach you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I do because think of cupping separate from everybody brews coffee differently. Like espresso varies wildly. Filter coffee pour overs, they vary wildly in style. We all pretty much keep this the same because it's the one thing that we can keep as almost like a language to me. That's how I see it. From origin to producer to um, uh, importer to me, we need that 
process that, to be the same to talk coherently, right? If right, we're all adding yeah. different amounts of coffee and all that with the same coffee, it's going to come out different. So this is the one thing I don't fudge with too much. I stay pretty by the book. Oh, and, and that, that we're at the four-minute mark now, aren't we? Is yep. that the timer? So we're okay, so we need crust. to do that. I have yep. other questions, but I'll, say, yep. I'll save them. Yep. So now we're, we've got a coffee cup over here, and he's got spoons in each one of them and just putting hot water in there to be able to clean the spoon off in between. So now we're, we're on the, the third coffee now as Jesse pushing the spoon away from him and, and smelt like almost drowning, almost drowning as close as his nose is to the coffee. And that's not like meant to be like funny or anything. Just trying to describe for the listeners. That's how close. How close he actually is. Okay, now same thing from us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so Joe, I'll let you walk around. I'm doing it. Yeah, you take off the headphones. Because I've experienced this, and so I want you to like get in there and, and do it. So again, don't stick your nose in. I've done that 50 times. Mm-hmm. But you want to get your nose as close as possible, and just, just push it forward. Okay. Yep, and don't dig the spoon too deep or just on the surface, because we don't want to disturb the grounds on the bottom. And so that, that is it. Um, it that, was, that we didn't explain before is that um, this water gets poured right on top of the grounds. The grounds are still in... The, the bottom of the cup. And so what Jesse was just explaining is you, you don't want to stick the spoon in too far because it'll disturb um, it'll disturb the grounds that are in the bottom. And then in between each cup, as Joe's moving along, he's got to rinse off the spoon as well so you're not mixing between, between each cup. You're not um, cross-contaminating, let's say that. <laughs> uh, you're not getting one smell from a cup into the next, the next cup. All right, and so Joe's through all four of them, and he's going to come back and give his thoughts, and I'm going to give this a try. Whoa, that was like intimidating. I feel like. Um, so I, I go, I go, I put my nose down to the to the boiling water, not boiling, but hot, and I'm trying to get a, a and it, it's different this time though. You know, with, when I was smelling the uh, the fragrance from the dry beans. It was very, I don't know, it was like a punchy in the face. Like, here's what I smell like. This one is more, I don't know, it was like they all kind of more smelled to me similar now. So I'm, I was having trouble. I would have trouble picking which was which. I mean, because they definitely changed their profile of, you know, and I guess that's the point. We're, we're seeing um, what happens when they go from the dry to the wet. And for for my untrained nose they went from smelling like ground coffee to then a cup of coffee which is that doesn't help anybody <laughs> okay so I, I got done with mine and i heard a little bit of what you, what you were saying there but mm. uh i could i could smell i could still smell a little bit of that you smell the, the sweetness over here uh the the black licorice or yeah or whatever was over here. It just smelled different, I guess. It was like a... It it, was, yeah, it doesn't smell the same as when, when it was just grounds. 
I would if if I were just coming in and, and not knowing what we were doing, and you're like, hey, smell these two. I'd go, oh, that one smells fresher or something. You know, the one that's actually a, a week older or whatever. The El Salvadorian ones just smells fresher to me. But maybe right. that's the fruitiness or something. That and the, right, the right. lack just of not, earthiness, not knowing you know how to describe yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what it is or having the experience of what it is. So I got to be careful. So J- Jesse just took two spoons and cleared off the the crust. The rest of the crust on the top. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you just want to take what's left over, like you want to skim it off just because it's, uh, there's solids, coffee solids, like trapped in that head on the cupping bowl, mm-hmm. um, which is not something that we need. Um, so just to clean up the cup a little bit when we begin tasting, and that'll happen again. There's some people who do start at about eight minutes. I like to wait till 10. Okay. Um, one of the things with coffee is like screaming hot. You're not going to taste a whole lot. Um, some of the best coffees I've ever had, I could pick stuff up right away, and that's part of what clued me into them being like, like you know, one in a million type thing. Yeah. But most coffees, even great ones, they don't taste like much because it's so hot. So that's why we don't assess till whatever that eight to ten minute window because the temperatures come down enough so that we can begin to taste and separate out what we're tasting a little bit becomes a lot more easy to identify and then as we go through as the temperature comes down again if we were going by that sheet we'd be assessing different things as the temperature came down from acidity to balance to the mouthfeel because all of those things are actually optimized at a certain temperature Um, and just as a general rule coffee is going to taste better as it cools off Um, it's one of the things i struggle with here um, with who our average customer is is they want something like boiling hot right and that's right. all they care about is like a hot cup of coffee mm-hmm. they will never taste uniqueness in a coffee like optimum sweetness acidity all that balance comes as the cup cools off which when it gets to that point they're asking me to reheat it mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't because right. i can't do that yeah. but <laughs> anyway so when we're cupping that's one of the reasons we continue to taste as the time goes on and so I have to I have to ask for clarity. Yeah. Meaning you do not have a microwave. No, we don't even have a microwave just in general. Right. But no, but, but also never, like like yeah. it's physically painful for you to rewarm a yes. coffee. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. For me to not harm myself or others who don't <laughs> need okay. coffee. We okay. need to come back to that, but I don't want to interrupt what we're going on. Yeah, back. yeah. We have we're, more, we're more questions about reheating right now. Yep, okay, go ahead. Are good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now like we're at the ten minutes, so we will begin initially tasting here okay you don't want to go through so just really quickly i like to taste from one end to the other right whatever that looks like if i have 10 bowls 12 bowls and then i like to go back the other way because you will definitely notice if i started on the left and went to the right then you go right to left yeah back down the bowls you will pick up different things in the same coffees Mm -hmm. Um, when you have things next to each other Changing that order changes what you perceive and smell and taste. So it is crucial to do both. Um, But also we want to do that a controlled number of times because you can wash your palate out if you Mm -hmm. just keep back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. You don't want to do that. You want to take time to process what you're tasting. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, you can give us an example and we'll Mm -hmm. kind of describe what's going on. And actually, Joe, if you want to start on the opposite end, Okay. And I'll just come in after you guys. Because, again, I've done this before, so I'll just kind of explain as we're going along. Can do. Okay, so we're we're back to the spoons again, and Jesse's going to explain, like, 
how to how to do this with Joe. I'm going to unmute this other mic so we can get some background noise here. It might be. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so it's going to pick up a lot more than um, these podcasting mics are. So what you're looking for is to get a controlled same amount of coffee each time. Okay. And the rule typically is the loudest slurper is the best slurper. Gotcha. Right, so actually the way to do it is to bring it through your front teeth. So it's going to be like this. Mm, okay. So that so was the sound of Jesse doing his first tasting. It. Okay, get in close so you can hear my amazing tasting. Mine was worse than his. Oh, yeah. His, his is almost dog. scary. When I heard it the first time, I was like, wait, I'm going to choke. Like, I'm going to cough or something. <laughs> but if, if you hear that, it's almost like you can, it, it's almost like we're, someone snorting coke or something. It but it's. Into your nasal cavity. So you want it? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! You, your your tongue can only taste like a few things. <sighs> How was yeah, that? I taste it. That <laughs> <laughs> did that do something though? It kind of coats the whole. Yes. Kind of coated like my whole tongue instantly. Yep. And I got a really good taste out of that. That was weird. Which I'm assuming weird in a good way. Which I'm assuming probably plays into you know your taste buds are on different parts of your tongue. So if you can get it all at the same time. <laughs> You can kind of get all that bitter and sweet and everything. Oh, okay. Okay, so what did the okay mean? Did, that you liked I just, it? I, I, I noticed a difference in coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and you, this one tastes different. And you feel like proud of yourself. I do. Yeah. Mmm, slight difference between the bowls there. Mm, between the difference. two, and that's the yeah. same coffee. Yeah, yeah. same coffee. Yep. And you, and you can taste the difference between the two. Weirdly enough, I was not expecting that. Okay, so Joe, now you went you went this way. Now you need to come, I'm gonna come back this, this way. So yeah, so the, you got to go for the same one you just did. Oh, got it. Another one of those. And so here's taste number five from Joe. Man, it's so weird. It tastes different the second time. <laughs> that was a better slurper that time, though. It might have been. It might have been. Almost chocolatey that time. Oh yeah, and see that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear kind of like what you were, what you were sensing in it. Not as chocolatey in that one. More chocolatey here, not as chocolatey. Even though it's the same, same coffee. coffee. Yep. yep. So now this is the Nicaraguan. Okay. Yep. And so that was yeah, that was uh, El, Sa- El Salvador. This one's the Nicaraguan. Hmm. <laughs> I taste the fruit. Oh. What? Could you pick, no could you fruit? pick a fruit or are you just any fruit, just like fruity? I would say one of those, um, yeah, something tropical, something like a passion fruit or a or a, some orange and a banana together with a strawberry. You know, <laughs> that's actually really good. That's really good. And Jesse was nodding over there too, so I think he was pleased with I think with he your just, assessment. Just liking my effort. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. A little caramel, actually, in that one. A little sweetness in that one. A little vanilla. Okay, a little caramel, a little vanilla. Weird, because it's the same bean. Yeah. And the last one was, like, way fruity and Yeah, and, that, and, and, and that one is caramel. Okay. I don't know how it tastes. All right, now I'm going to mute this extra mic here again. There we go. All right, so I'm going to let you guys talk, and I want to I wanna try the tasting here. That was weird, Jesse, let me be honest. Cause weird is good. 
Yeah, yeah it's surprising because it's just a, a cup of black coffee to yep. the untrained eye, you know, but at the perfect point of tasting. And so to taste it the first time, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm trying to go for a little bit. And then I kind of, after a couple more slurps, yeah, nice one. <laughs> after a couple more slurps, I was like, okay, I think I got a really good slurp. And it all went all over my tongue at the same time. And I was like, whoa, that was a good taste. And I can get mm-hmm. a really good flavor profile out of that. And start to pick out little um, little things that I was tasting in there. Yeah. Um, what I do want to know is why. Because, like, I also experienced this. Like, I hate microwaving coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, But I do like it just at that temperature. And I wanted to warm it up. And so I put it in the microwave. And then it just looks like garbage. You know what I mean? It looks like garbage, right. and it tastes like garbage. And so you mm-hmm. need to put in a lot of um, sugar and cream to make it taste vaguely like coffee, and you can go on about your day right. without feeling too bad right. about yourself. But what is it that makes it so so bad when you put it in the microwave? Like, what is it? What is it destroying? <laughs> I mean, to me, it'd be like anything else. Like when you cook something to perfection, mm. it's never ever going to be the same. <sighs> You can't put when a you steak reheat in the it, exactly. Oh. Steak is where I was gonna go. Okay. Something that you just know, like the first time, yeah, it's good, but you put that steak in the microwave, it's rubber. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So coffee is similar. My opinion, which somebody could refute me, mm-hmm. um, in any of these coffees, no matter how we filter it, there's still <laughs> solids that make it through, mm-hmm. and so when you reheat or it sits those continue to like cook and then Mm -hmm. overcook. And so if I let a whole pot of drip coffee sit Mm -hmm. um, over time, it's going to change like not in a good way. Mm -hmm. It's going to become more bitter. Um, It's going to, the acidity is going to change. It almost comes off as like vinegary to me, even if it wasn't before. Um, So everything's kind of just dying due to oxidation. Um, So the coffee is meant to be consumed like that, perfect minute I in see time you, you know what i mean mm-hmm. you can't really bring it back to that point so at the point that we're mm-hmm. peaked that is it and mm-hmm. from there it's downhill and really it's oxidation at the end of the day when we expose coffee to oxygen mm-hmm. it begins to degrade in any mm-hmm. form whole bean ground brewed all of it oxygen so, is the enemy so we so. should we should really be treating coffee like um i, I watch a lot of food channel you know and, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm intrigued with the, the ramen houses yeah and the polite way to do ramen houses even though it's a scalding bowl of hotness is to slurp and through yeah. the pain that's right because not only is you telling the chef like this is good man thank you so much you that's really the it's the best it's ever going to taste exactly those noodles are going to get mushy everything is going to get really bad and so this is i'm kind of making that connection no, you know really so so coffee is kind of like that perfect hot bowl of ramen, and it's not going to be good in, in 10 minutes. You need to drink it now. Yeah, so to a certain extent, I would say, like, when the coffee comes down, like, my best coffees I've ever had in here, they taste good till they're cooled all the way off. Like, if I let that cup of coffee, filtered, obviously, mm-hmm. sit for, I'm talking like an hour, mm-hmm. it's still in more than pleasant. I mean, it's incredibly sweet. If it's fruity, the fruit is, like obscenely fruity like it's undeniably so if it was a strawberry or a blueberry or whatever mm-hmm. um and so the best coffees do taste good all the way down to room temperature mm. just that act of reheating them and then like holding them hot that does something definitely like there's a chemical reaction where it's not mm. ideal right and we we mm-hmm. we had one of those uh drip coffee makers it was like glass with yeah, the, the, right. the heat 
yep. thing on the, you know, the mm-hmm. whatever on the bottom that always just kept adding heat. And we switched at our house, and I don't know, I, it wasn't my choice. My wife just did it, and now it's just like a, almost like a thermos, right? Stainless, like it's an insulated, yeah. you know, and it and it it just keeps it warm, but it's not reheating it. Right. And it seems like the coffee tastes better longer that way because it's just going down. It's never getting going the wrong way. It's never getting hotter. It's just slowly, very slowly cooling down. Yeah, hot plates are not the not the way to go. And the glass, for a separate separate reason, like uh, light with coffee of any form. Once again, you want to avoid light because it also ages the coffee. So if I had whole beans, try to keep them intentionally out of light in your kitchen in a hopper like sitting in an espresso grinder or whatever light is the enemy so is oxygen anyway so doubly not a good thing like with yeah, the glass crafts right. mm-hmm. they're just not ideal like can you make a good cup of course but it's not going to be as good if you had something insulated like that and the the guys who are like actually correlating this to chemistry i'm talking like in a lab setting kind of after 30 minutes like a batch of coffee that's like out of a drip machine starts to decline from that point on. So you only have like a half an hour. Um, I would say in my experience, I note differences, but once you get to about an hour, hour and a half, it definitely starts to be like, okay, this is, yeah, it's not horrible, but it's nothing like how it was when I tasted it, like right off a brew type of a thing, which is why like single cup brewing is very appealing. Um, to a lot of home brewers, yes, pour overs. Yeah. Um, there's actually, um, I sell one out of my shop. It's a batch brewer made by Oxo, but it also has a single cup setting, so you can put in like a small filter and do like one cup at a time. That's definitely ideal if you're wanting to get the most out of what you're drinking. Because um, typically, whenever we'd make a pot at home, I'd have one cup. Yeah, and, and I just some don't of even, it sits. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even want to drink it later because it yes. has declined. It's, you know, it's a while before I finish it, right. and I'm like, oh, I'm going to come back, and I don't ever come back. And Yeah. Um, so what do we have left in, in this part? Yeah, so basically, if this were me, um, it honestly depends on the day because sometimes you're going to have days when you're just not collected like right. altogether. Like I'm not smelling and tasting things like I'm accustomed to. You just have to know that. So those days, I really try to keep it simple. I only go through these like five or less times. If I'm like in a zone, sometimes I've noticed my palate hangs on longer and I'll taste them down. If I'm coming and going, especially like cleaning up the bar, like after stuff closed, I'll come back to them. I don't even really keep count. I just taste until I'm to the point where I'm like, yeah, I have nothing more to gain from this right. particular right. cupping or whatever, or I'm just burnt out everything starts to kind of taste the same. Mm. So yeah, I would say we definitely should go through them one more time because this is kind of the temperature where you'll note the balance of everything coming together. And then in my experience, sweetness, before it gets too cool in the cupping bowls, really um, accentuates. Like you can perceive sweetness a lot more. Coffee okay. Coffees. Okay. So Joe, yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you go first again, I'm my friend. It. And you can run, run through that. And it's just, it's just so unique because this is when you're trying new experiences it's it's fun to yeah it's it's just fun it's fun to learn and so uh, jesse now is restocking our hot water for the spoons to rinse them off in between each time and i really like uh for this podcast that we have this ambient noise that's going on and you can hear jesse a little bit uh, when he's when he's slurping slurping over here tasting can't hear joe no he can you hear me over here 
hear? Nope. Okay. I can barely, yeah, I can barely hear you at all over there. And this is also unique for us because we're only on episode 11 and we're, we're now at a, a, you know, a live location um, learning as we go on, on what to do and what not to do. And so we'll, we'll see what we like about this, but um, I'm going to turn this mic on again because I want to get some slurping of, of Joe as he goes through. And then, and then give us thoughts, Joe. That one tasted like a smooth cup of coffee, like a, like a gentleman in a tweed jacket, you know, <laughs> reading some Shakespeare. Okay, so that coffee <laughs> tasted like a gentleman in a suede jacket. Mm, ooh. That one tasted like kind of a lady in a sundress, you know? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was like going on a walk with her like little wiener dog. I, I don't know if any of us can relate to that. I... <laughs> Uh, maybe happy, happy feeling. I still, I, it's like the uh, the fruitiness definitely is still coming out in the El Salvadorian for me. You know, it's a, I would I'm I would call it like just a stronger flavored coffee, I guess. Yeah. So now I'm gonna think. Well, maybe it's not stronger. Maybe it's just the other, Nicaraguan is more balanced with the earth, and I'm gonna go back down the line and keep that in my mind. Yeah. Okay, and and yeah, I I think you know for me I I prefer I don't I don't know I think I liked the I don't even know which ones which one which one is this one El Salvador El Salvador and that's the one that like I really liked the smell of it yeah and then this one was more I mean bland would be the the word or earthy is more what I would have described it but Joe described it as bland but now that we're tasting I like that one better yeah this one almost seems like this one, now the El Salvadorian almost seems like an immature skateboarder type of gentleman, you know? And he's no, like, I he's don't. almost there, but he just isn't quite mature enough, you okay. know? Okay, okay. Thank you. There's somebody out there going, I know exactly what that tastes like. Yeah, there's, so, there's somebody listening that, that knows exactly what you're referring Ooh, to. Ooh, yeah. Again, the tweed jacket, gentlemen, you know? I had scotch last night, but this morning having a cool, even balanced, earthy cup of coffee. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess I'm thinking about outfits I would wear while drinking this coffee. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's so what you my would, mind is trying to So you would be me. dressed as a skateboarder over here yep, or, a, or a lady walking her dog. I could be dressed as a lady to walk her, walking her wiener dog in that. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, just a nice balanced earthy still acidic, a little a little is there, but not too much, you know? It's smooth, smoothly acidic. Mm. Is that something you, anyone would say? <laughs> well, if you've said it, then, then somebody would say but it. But it's not like said it. that where it kind of, hmm, like a poke of the, not yet tangy, but getting there, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's like they, how they should be, to be perfectly honest, because mm-hmm. honey processed coffee is like a lot of times to me, <clears throat> you have to have all of these things, obviously, to have the context. Right. But the honeys remind me of a hybrid between a washed and a natural. Um, Naturals, what I'm looking for, like with the El Salvador, it's giving me what I want. It's outright fruity, Mm -hmm. so the acidity obviously is going to be in the forefront. Balanced with a lot of sweetness, which is what we're looking for. Because for me in here, tasting like blackberries, Mm -hmm. big time. I can smell it like on the dry grounds, but I can taste it big time, especially at this temperature. Mm -hmm. Whereas that honey, we do have some elements of a savory uh, like orientation, so I taste 
chocolate, maybe a little bit of earthiness, mm -hmm. but also you have that acidity in there and it's mm -hmm. brighter here mm. than it is like in the El Salvador. It comes oh, at a different see. time yeah. like when it hits you, you know what I mean? So you mm -hmm. perceive it a little different. Mm -hmm. So you alluded to an orange mm -hmm. earlier. That's one of the tasting notes I have on that coffee, like on my bags, oh, because cool. that's what I'm getting out of it big time. Orange and nectarine is the other. That's a little bit more. You have to taste a lot of coffees to, you know, begin to sort through them. And someone who's good at doing this would taste something different than me. Right. Um, gotcha. Anyway, so the guidance, like, is somewhat subjective, like, as far as what I'm tasting to what the next coffee professional or mm -hmm. just cupper in general will taste. But, but as long as you have your journals, you know what yes. your how it's interacting with you and then you can well, like kind of gauge your how your customers are yep yeah i got you and at the end of the day i'm the roaster that's right you're the roaster i have control yes. you can make it taste however you want then. and so if your opinion is that it should taste like this or that right your opinion can be sort of proven right or wrong by well, your customer base you know if they're like man this guy's brewing the coffee the way it should be brewed Let's and to go. be perfectly honest i try to move out of the way when i roast coffees like if if I get notes from origin mm -hmm. and like with the El Salvador, blackberry, strawberry, uh, chocolate. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to bring out because uh. that grower. And then if they send it to a mill to be processed, the grower, the processor, all these people did a lot of work mm -hmm. to make that be that way. And so I am trying to reflect what they've done, not necessarily infer something on the coffee. And I've found Definitely the longer coffee stays in the roaster, you start to add to those notes, like uh -huh. with just something generic. Like mm -hmm. if we took these two coffees and I roasted them darker, you're going to notice some characteristics that are present in both cups that are not unique. You'll still notice uniqueness, but it's mm. distorted by just a generic, the I just roasting call it process. roaster. Yeah. roaster like when we bring stuff in from other places i'm constantly tasting other coffees mm -hmm. that i know are more developed so longer roasted than mine and lighter mm. less roasted than mine it gives you good context yeah you gotcha. pick up on things a little bit better that way mm, yeah. interesting and so when, once we waited and went back through when i just went back through while you guys were talking that one was so much better on the second go around yeah the, the el, el salvadorian, salvadorian. Yes. the el salvadorian was after it cooled down, what, another two, three minutes, whatever, mm -hmm. four minutes. That one's amazing. Where yep. before I was like, oh, I like this one better, the, the Ecuadorian, mm -hmm. right? Ecuadorian. Nicaraguan. 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 Um, now I, I would take either one of those cups now. Yep. Um, and that one oh, yeah. didn't change much between the two for me. Right. Um, it was still earthy, but I could taste a little bit more of the chocolate, and it might have been just been influenced mm -hmm. because I was searching for it because I heard you say it. Mm -hmm. But I could, I could taste a little bit more. But that one, that was... That was awesome yeah. to, to really notice that difference between the first slurp, slurping, mm -hmm. you know, tasting to the second mm -hmm. and just how, how it, I don't, it almost calmed down, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, like, so now you can kind of see two things, why hot is not optimal and two, what separates a point score in a coffee. This one's been good and it stayed good. This one was, I mean, I'm speaking from my perspective, right. it was good when it was hot now it's better. So yeah. if it's getting better as it's cooling off, that's a common thing with higher cupping coffees. They just keep tasting more and more crazy the more they sit. And again, this one, because I don't know it, it's literally the first roast I've done with it. 
I don't know where the pocket is. It could be three weeks. It could be four weeks, and it would be perfection. Because, like, that Costa Rica that you talked about earlier, the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Gesha that we had here. Yeah, Gesha. Um, there we go. Oh, I, I lost a bag of that, like, had it stashed away, and I tasted it three months after the roast date, and it was, like, infallible. I mean, it was as good as I could hope to make anything taste. And that was three months off the roast date. So mm. really you don't know until you try things. And one of these coffees might, might taste like garbage three months three, off three months roast. Down. Exactly. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Yes. Like, it, it, was, it was just as good as some of your, your other coffees you've had after you know, a week or two or when you get that point. After three months, it was... Per- personally, I have never made anything here that tasted like that. Like for myself, for anyone at any point. Like that's hard <laughs> to do because I've had so many coffees, so many places that are excellent, and it doesn't blow my mind too often, and I was mind blown by that. And so sometimes it's a fluke, but I was able to do that again four or five more times. So you just, <laughs> when you find the sweet spot, it's very apparent. And so this is weird that, well, it's not, maybe it's not weird, but it's where my mind is going is like then what you know, when you have the cold brews here, yeah. how do you decide which goes into that and how does that change everything? Like as far as what to use for cold like which, brew? Like which beans you're going to use because yeah. you usually have a couple beans on stock. Mm-hmm. And so how do you pick which ones goes into the cold brew? That to me is where the subjectivity comes in. Like I'm looking for something specific in a cold brew. Um, I enjoy like really fruity stuff. Um, that is something that takes people a little longer to warm up to mm. um, in a cup of coffee, in my experience, like in our market. But cold brew is a lot less aggressive mm-hmm. um, than if we brewed the same coffee hot. Right, um, right. Which is both good and bad. I'm both <laughs> a fan and not a fan of that. Yeah. However, it allows me to put those really fruity ones on because there's a sweetness that's unaccompanied by a more citric acidity, even in a coffee that has fruitiness. So to a person, even if they're not exposed to this kind of coffee, I've had zero people not like what we do on cold brew. So for that reason, I choose like our natural Nicaragua. So I have the honey here, and then we have a natural from the same farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just produced differently. That's what I use right now because it's got like a really nice blueberry um, dynamic to it has also like a milk chocolate so they play really nice together and in the cold brew both of them come through yeah so for okay. me personally i like the fruity stuff because it's more impressive and it also allows me to bring people into that kind of a palate preference mm-hmm. um, mm. you can kind of trick them almost yeah yeah, yeah. come yeah. with me <laughs> yes okay and so before we started recording we talked about you know going through the tasting and we're, we're kind of through the steps now and then maybe we would pause just so we can ask a few more questions about not just the tasting. We'd like to right. ask, like, how you started this and, and where you went. Do you still have time to do that? Yeah. Are you yeah. sure? Mm-hmm. And so do we, do we want to just jump right into it right now, or do we want to take a break for just a second and then jump in? No, I'm, I'm good with whatever. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm good as well. And so um, I, I don't I, – I know I could, I could sit here and ask you questions probably for, like, the next eight hours. And so that's why I, I really just want to kind of – I really want people to know uh, the the bulk of our listeners are, of course, in Great Falls. And so I want people in Great Falls to just know when they walk in and, and they see what what's going on here, 
how hard you've worked for it, like like where it, where it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell, us, tell yeah. us your origin story. <laughs> the origin story. Yeah, yeah so um, my brother and I are the two owners, my brother Jake, and we own this 50-50, um, and we just, through working the same job prior to here, um, decided we wanted to do our own thing. Um, kind of had a few different concepts in mind like what we have now isn't even what we originally planned i don't know if i know a business owner who has a different like evolution than that it happens for various number of reasons um but it was just the two of us having common interests we both like really good food and really good coffee um he's actually like a trained barista um Mm -hmm. so he can actually perform all of the stuff that i do like with the espresso and everything. Right. Um, and he also does all of our food and he bakes. So everything that we put out um, of the shop is his from the back, like as far as the food goes. And then I take care of obviously the roasting. Um, so that kind of just started to naturally separate itself a little bit um, as far as him doing that and me staying well, Along yeah, the and, lines and of the coffee. Yeah, and usually when yeah. you're, you're partnering with somebody, you each have kind of different skill yep. sets or things that you're just drawn to exactly naturally. And and if you're both attracted to the same thing and want to do the same job, that's not, that's going to be more difficult. Yeah, you know, overlap isn't that. always good. Yeah, yeah, we he's definitely. It's been it'll be four years um, actually next week oh. since we've been open, yeah. um, and he's wanting to come up here a little bit, like to to brew some coffee just for a break because. Anybody, same thing, who yeah. has opened something knows, like, it can get a little bit monotonous yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking to balance that out a little bit. And I have expanded, like, with the roasting a little bit more. So we have some accounts. Um, and I'll need to put more time in, like, on the roaster to keep up. As you're selling, yeah. you know, roasted coffee to exactly. other, other places in town or out of town or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when, it's, when it started, what, what was this, this building before? Like immediately before us, or just like whichever all comes the way to back. mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, before us, it was actually uh, vacant for like four years before we opened. Okay. Um, and I believe the last place in here was the Staggering Ox. Oh, oh yeah. I think I remember the Staggering Ox. Yeah, and I yeah. don't remember if it was a couple years maybe because before them it was the Breaks, and that was a really popular um, local restaurant and they had a bar i don't remember the, i don't remember the breaks yeah we actually had people like all the way up until last year coming in here whether they're from out of town or not asking if it was the break still mm-hmm. yeah so they Whoa. had some fans i was one of the um people that came in the first like year that you were here bothering really? you about the old open mic that was out here so yes yeah machinery row was downstairs and then they took over upstairs for a while yep. and that was when we had the best open mic out there uh that stage one day we should think about doing something. I don't care what we yep. do, but that and stage is just waiting for used. us. As long as somebody besides me manages it, I'm game. Oh, hey, I, I'll give you my card. I host yep. these things. I'll just be like, hey, give me a, a time and a availability, and I'll, I'll, I'll set something up. We'll there do we it. Go. It's oh, actually man. what Joe does full-time. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. like his full-time gig all over town. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask about what, what's the hardest part when, when you – you know, you're, you're working, you, you and your brother are working full-time jobs. And then you, one day you're working a full-time job. The next day 
you're not, but you're not instantly. Go ahead. I have a question. Oh, you're amongst your question. I'm sorry that your question. What was the job that you were working with your brother right before this? Oh, he, they, they were doing the same thing, just at a different business. Yeah. Oh. yeah so yeah. yeah, we were working okay. in the kitchen. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yep. And and so one day you're, yeah, full time job employed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next day you're not, and your your business isn't going to instantly make money. So how do you no. work through that, and how do you how do you stay motivated? Um, motivation was easy. It was more of like the, what, what do I do? In the <laughs> meantime, like, I, I mean, my brother was young. Um, we're both young. Yeah. To own a business, I think he was twenty-two at the time, yeah. and I was twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, my, I was married at the time, so we had saved like a little to prepare for it, but we planned on like three to four months and it turned out to be like six to seven months Mm -hmm. yeah so that i mean you can't really be entirely prepared for any of that um which would be the only i guess kind of advice i would try to give anybody like if you have a rigidity to your plan it's probably not going to pan out Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah, Yeah. it doesn't and so you figure it out i mean like on the fly a lot of this stuff was on the fly yeah We, we just didn't i don't have any background in business like Uh. my bachelor's is in health and human performance that's actually what started me along any of these things like i got interested Ah, in nutrition the science behind the food yeah exactly and so i didn't pursue like post bachelor's um education and Mm -hmm. wanted to work with food and then i got introduced to espresso and that was that so (laughs) but am i understanding right that you kind of had like um, roughly about three months of funds available so that you could stop working and then work full-time on your job and it turned into you you needed six yeah, months in of, my mind yes yeah i would say that's accurate my gosh yeah. yeah i can see how that would be that would be tough but everyone came right. together is this more, it feels like this is a family-run business <laughs> yeah, not just no. you brothers like just is yep. more of the family members are here yep yeah my mom works my aunt works my cousins work here Oh, yeah, that's it's, awesome. um, we do have um, non-family employed too, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's primarily family run. And like initially, yeah, we were completely funded by family, like from mm-hmm. all angles. Like my wife and I had savings, like we put into it a substantial amount of money. My my grandma put probably more than anybody into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks grandma. Yes. So everybody did their piece like to make it work which which helps you reach the goal right when you have support from people the people like when they give you cash out of their wallet right which is more than that when they're helping with the business but when they give you money it literally says we we believe in you yep we trust you like go get it go get it slugger you know like like that's what it's saying when they when they do that yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. It's good. Yes, a little bit of pressure, too. <laughs> For sure. Oh, oh yeah. Especially yeah. anything, like, restaurant-oriented. Mm-hmm. It's just not, you know, it doesn't work out for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, because that. it's not huge margins. You know, you're not right. de- you're not dealing with, like, I don't, I don't even I don't even know what would be, like, cars, right? Like, right. You know, or I don't know. I'm trying to think of some kind of market that has bigger margins, it's just but almost like all of them. Statistically, it's mm-hmm. not a great investment. <laughs> right. <laughs> to be right. perfectly honest, like when you look at the turnover nationwide, mm-hmm. um, and then I grew up here. We grew up here, and how often does stuff come and go in less than a year? That's like, right. In, in great and falls, it isn't absolutely. just here; it's everywhere. But yeah. here yeah. is like that. Well, and and because we don't 
like stuff spreads by word of mouth, especially here so fast. Mm-hmm. If people don't like you right away, like you're screwed. You're, basically, yeah. yep. it's quick. Which, which uh, I think actually says says something about what you're doing here because this is not this is not a tip. This is why I like this coffee shop in particular because it's not your typical right. coffee shop, and. Not that you're not here to please people. You're here to hit a certain demographic. And then even expose, like, what I like about it is it's really exposed me to what really is coffee. Yeah. Right? What really is a latte and, you know, these different things that it's not, and I'm not putting down any of the other places that make tons of money doing the same thing, but it's it's not a milkshake that's heated up with a little coffee flavoring. You know, this right. is like mm-hmm. getting the science behind the coffee, and I yeah. really enjoy that. And so that says a lot about this place. Yeah, no, I appreciate that because that's kind of like having you guys cup is the perfect example. I like to have people do this. Hopefully this year we can maybe like do that again. Yeah. Um, because what I'm trying to get people to taste is a black cup you alluded to like a plain black cup of joe. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that, but I want people to notice, even if it's something small, mm-hmm. something different. Yeah. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because, I mean, I spend, like, some of them, I get lucky. Like, the El Salvador is pretty much done, and that was my first roast. Some coffees, it takes me 10 before I'm happy. Like 10 roasts. Yeah, but and then if I have that coffee for a longer period of time, I don't stop tweaking it. They're small tweaks, but I'm constantly doing this. So by the time I'm done with a coffee, I've put hours and hours and hours into just that coffee. And so if we have five of them, I mean, they all get the same treatment for me for somebody to maybe notice, like, something really subtle. Right. And I don't care. Like, that's right. the point. If that's what it takes, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And, well, and that's, and that's part of, like, not just... You're not in the not. I mean, when you when you start a business, you're in it to make money because you have to provide for your family. But that's not. It's clearly why you're not in the business. <laughs> it's a passion. I can that, I can attest to that. <laughs> but it's a passion that you appreciate, right. and it's a love that you have for the coffee. And even, you know, when when you you may have just like thrown it out, but I caught on to it that you're like, yeah, water boils at this elevation. Like, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you actually mean like literally the elevation of the coffee shop at 206.6. Yeah, ish. And, and at different elevations, coffee or water Te- boils at different temperature. Temperature, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, did I say the wrong word? I don't know. Uh, yeah. And so, so like, it's, it's such a meticulous and I can't remember the, the, the phrase, but there's, there's, there's a thin line between like crazy or passionate right and i can't i'm not th- i'm not saying the phrase exactly right, right but other people observing maybe like oh that's crazy well they don't have that same passion and it's right. not up to them to de- decide what's it would be crazy for them because they don't care exactly. right and but they may be passionate about something else and if you saw that it'd look crazy to you you know oh why do you care about porcelain dolls that much you know or whatever i don't know i randomly pick something <laughs> but but to, to see someone passionate about something and pursue it, it I, I really love it. I know you have another question. Oh, no, I was just going to um, also basically on the same vein. I, w- I, I like the way that you're passionate about your product and that passion 
um, is the thing that's contagious. You know, you're trying to find other people that are as passionate as you, but then you realize, well, there's not that many people as passionate mm-hmm. about coffee as I am. So I need to somehow inform my customer and future customers like, well, this is what we're doing. Yeah, you can get a cup of coffee any place. You really can. But this is the type of cup of coffee you're going to get here. We want to build community. We want people that are into that sort of stuff to like come here and know that there's going to be other like-minded people appreciating that that super special bean, you know, because I come from um, Seattle originally. And so right. just the culture there is everyone is like so specific about their their coffee place and their because even Starbucks started as a bean place. Yep. You know, it was Pete's, I believe, or whatever. Um, and they specialized in, and they were so popular before they got to Starbucks because of all of the effort that went into roasting these amazing roasts. So come, people would come down and get the whole bean, which at the time, the rest of the country is just drinking Folgers, you exactly. know, pre, pre-ground yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. And so they're way ahead of the curve until Mr. Schultz went over to Italy, which is, I think, a, I mean, your place reminds me of a nice Italian, you know, um, place to drink coffee. The, what is the name of the place? Whatever. Um, a place to drink coffee. And, and in Italy, that's the, that was the whole point that Starbucks was trying to bring over. It's like, we're, we're trying to build community of really passionate coffee drinkers because it's almost like water. You know, if you're, if you're a coffee drinker, you drink it every single day. It might be right. the first thing you do in the morning. So when you really think, well, if this is something I'm putting in my body every single day and I'm just going to trust this can of pre-ground stuff that everyone else seems to be buying from the big box guys. <laughs> and, you know, well, I mean, if that's something you're using every day, I mean, geez, I mean, we're Americans, man. We want the best shoes. We want the best car. We want the best looking haircut. We want the nicest guitar. And I want to know that I'm putting the nicest, most well thought out cup of coffee into my body possible and i think i can do that right here at el banco <laughs> nice work jesse i mean i'm just like i'm like knee deep in your passion here i'm like my god i like i can't i feel like we we have to leave sometime but i don't want to i want to yeah. like sleep on that little coffee pallet over there with hey, those. That, that might be slightly uncomfortable but you could I, try i sleep on the floor huh? that could be very might supportive. be comfortable then. There you go. <laughs> it could be, and and that's not to scare anybody away. That's not a, a coffee aficionado, no. right? Yeah, because no, because you will. There is definitely things as you're. I even had to kind of like slowly step into it because it would be a shock yeah. to go from Folgers mm-hmm. to one of your you know signature roasts here. Yeah. So that's the thing too, though. I buy like. This El, um, El Salvador would definitely be like more of like what we advertise like on the higher end of things. The honey process from Nicaragua, that's what I'm buying for somebody to just come in and get a cup of coffee. I'm fully aware that you don't start people with the super fruity, super crazy stuff because very few people are going to take to that right away. So I intentionally source coffees to fill. They're still... I always, I keep a standard, but they meet a certain flavor profile and I feature those like first. I like to ask questions when I don't know somebody when they come in. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see what they like because, and if they buy whole beans from me, same thing. Like I want feedback because I can point you to a different coffee, like based on what you want. Which is at the end of the day, that's what this stuff is about. I think you can get away always without sacrificing certain things when it comes to coffee like the beans you drink and buy um but i also think that i can give people like an array of options right 
Right. It's more. So it's more customized to get yeah, yeah a flavor profile that you like. Yeah, yeah. and and you're yeah. So you're not giving everybody that walks through the door what you like. No. Um, mm-hmm. Because specifically, I come in and I don't even know what I want anymore. I tell you uh, whatever you're feeling today. Yep. And you say, well, hot or cold. And do you want any cream or anything in it? And most of the time I'm saying no anymore because you've gotten me to this point. I really want to, I really want to taste the coffee. Yep. Anytime I'm, cream is only if I'm not feeling it, you know, or something. But, but I, I really want to taste whatever you're going to give me. And so I don't want yeah. anything in it. And that's how, that's how I order my coffee anymore when I come in. And I told Joe to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he said he came in and did the same thing. And it's, it's such an experience. I can't do that at Starbucks. I can't go, well, what are you feeling? And they're like, yeah, well. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Hold on, let you me know. get my let me get my shift manager. Yeah. Most, <laughs> most people get a white mocha, which is funny yeah. now because that used to be my coffee of choice. Yeah. I would go to Starbucks and I'd get a white mm-hmm. mocha, okay. and and it's like I don't know nine hundred calories. Yeah, and no, oh, yeah, and I, I'm not like I wasn't chosen by the coffee gods. Like I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I I started drinking Starbucks like initially. Yeah. And full disclosure, I didn't even drink coffee till college. Like. Mm-hmm. deep into college yeah i yeah. just start started to i don't know why it's like they say your palate changes like every mm-hmm. however many years like with foods and stuff and that was around the time i started experimenting with cooking and so i was like i don't drink coffee maybe i should try it while yeah. in yeah. college yeah. Yeah. oh that yeah. makes sense okay cool i mean it's because you're just getting a degree in human sciences yeah. and then yep. you get this love for coffee or startup Mm-hmm. Love affair with coffee. Oh, that's cool. It's a cool story. And you just said so. A week from now is your what year anniversary? It'll be four. Four years, yep. and so you're past yeah. kind of some of those hard milestones. You know, like one year you got to yeah. make it a year, and then I think three years is another one. Yeah. When we weren't, I would say to be fair, last year was kind of a. Oh. I don't oh. know if it counts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but right. even still, we didn't. I'm not complaining. Like, we did fine. Like we weren't. There's a lot of people who did a lot worse, and I'm not saying that like it was their fault. Like they just, mm-hmm. it's the way it went. Yeah, you know? right. So right. we're very fortunate, like where we're at. But yeah, definitely past that point of like wondering, um, would be the best word. Yeah, in a lot yeah. of respects, like, you know, are we going to be able to create enough like, um, steady traffic? Are we going to be able to give people like something that they like, but also we can handle making every day. Right. That's the mm-hmm. hard part. Like, yeah. You know, if it gets to the point where you don't like what you're making anymore, like that's kind of the whole point of doing it in the first place. So, all of those questions, yeah, we're past, um, past the point. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that, and that, I wanted to touch on that too because I know this is all about coffee, and that's what, you know we came here for the tasting and everything. But this little uh, container right next to you, what a display case next to you, contains you know baked goods typically and all of them and that, that'd be your brother's side yep right and and is he hand making all those probably maybe oh, one yeah. or two people helping him back there but yeah um they're all fan i haven't tried anything here where i'm like oh you know banana bread was i think my favorite i really liked the banana bread and then for lunch i came in and had what did i have the other day hard salami maybe yes yeah, salami sandwich yeah oh the bread the salami, like every ingredient that went into the sandwich, I, it wasn't just like thrown together. Mm-hmm. It no, was my, well thought out. Yeah, my brother didn't go. So, so prior to this opening, that's kind of where we, at, where we were at discussion-wise. We were either going to open when we did or take a couple of years, and he was going to go to culinary school. Mm. Um, so he didn't, but he could 
like hack it in any style of cuisine that he wanted he could be like all of the bread and stuff those are his recipes they're not something he looked up so I, th- I think I remember you telling me that, yeah, that he no, even he, made the bread oh yeah like everything's by <laughs> weight to the gram like he's like I am with coffee he, he's yes. a scientist back there and so he understands yes. the chemistry that's going on with the but the he could also make like if we did a dinner place he could put out like really high in like dinner plates like he has that kind of execution uh, so he's not just like the composition is where I'm going with that. Yeah, it's a sandwich, but like he puts the same kind yeah. of thought into it, and somebody eating it will just enjoy it. Other people will be able to see. Well, and there's and complexity like in layering and everything like that. F- food is one of my passions, and if we actually got down to the meat of it, I th- I feel that uh, um, you know not forcing my views on anybody, but I feel that we are we are created being and. There was a purpose to the different types of food and our taste buds and and chefs. They all play a part in being able to like just be so excited about being alive. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so when you have somebody that that like you with coffee, pulling out these these flavors and through this process to interact with our taste buds, you know, honestly, we we could have you know whether you believe in evolution or created. Um, we could have evolved to not taste anything. It would be actually be better, right? Because then we could eat just about anything that provides nutrients. But no, we've 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 evolved or been created to um, come to this point where we can taste and have joy out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's actually this experience of joy, and and so I'm not trying to over dramatic, dr- dramatized, over dramatized mm-hmm. eating the sandwich the other day. But I just feel cared no. for. I, I mean, feel care, cared for. I feel that that person has put in a lot of hard work, and so you can even honor that and just enjoying yeah. and savoring it even more. Oh, it was just amazing. And then when you came back and said he made the bread, I had commented on the bread. I'm like, even the bread is really good. You could tell it just wasn't yeah. like this loaf off the, like, I thought maybe you had sourced it from somewhere or had somewhere in town make it, but I didn't I didn't know it was, until then, I didn't know it was made here. Yeah, no, his focaccia is like, we... we when we travel, like, with our family, um, even growing up, it was always based around food for the yeah, most part. Yeah, yeah. Food and coffee. So we've been lucky to try food, a lot of pastries from people who are, like, world-renowned, and his stuff is there. Like, it's when you taste something like that and you have a memorable palate and you care to the point that we do, like you don't forget stuff like that so it's it's not easy to recall it but you definitely know where you're at you know what i mean like right, you right, have right. a ceiling like somebody set and then you try to chase that or whatever um and he's that's just how he, he is you know and it's the same thing with coffees i can i can recall like the five best ones i've had like vividly where i was at what the coffee was what i remember about it and that's shaped like everything I've done, to and, be honest. Okay, and so that's really unique, too, because the way um, our memory works, and we've talked about this before, but the way our memory works, uh, smell is one of the highest yep. receptors to bring back memory. And so your taste and your smell, as we've already discussed in the tasting, keep your mouth open when you're smelling because it, you're getting your taste buds involved and you're getting all of that going. Uh, so I'm imagining that as you're um, roasting and, and you're doing these tastings throughout the you know days, weeks, months, years, that you, when you have those five best cups, you taste an element of it and it brings you back, brings 100%. you that that, to mo- yep. that moment. And you can be back on that, 
um, you know, that, that coffee bar or that sidewalk or, you know, yeah. wherever you were and you're like, oh, I'm right there. I'm right there for a minute. Because even, even if it's not the full taste of that coffee, but you're, you're like, oh, this is the same chocolate or this is the same earth tone or this is the same yeah. berry. You have no, it happens regularly, which is, you know, why it keeps you excited about yeah. that kind of stuff because there's always a new one like that becomes a favorite but then there are those ones that are like foundational and those yeah i i, I could tell you like which one specifically where i was and why and that's helped honestly like my what i do which which brings me to a question of what is your number one you, you can remember mm-hmm. all top five what is the number one one is tough i would say i'll give it as number one because it shaped like my palate i would say like i had it at a point when i was just getting into that kind of coffee and i had never tasted anything close to that before yeah there's a roaster in portland um called heart and they are like world renowned um and at the time because this was like trends move in and out of coffee quickly yeah um there's a specific coffee grinder it's called an ek43 by malkunig and it um, was primarily just like a filter coffee grinder. Um, and then this guy in his world barista routine decided to use it for espresso. And it was the first time that had been done. So people started picking it apart like scientifically. And you can produce these ridiculously high extraction numbers because I won't go into super detail, but you can measure and somewhat quantify like a good espresso extraction. We have some type of numeric value to associate to that and higher is better um, yeah but there's a window and so like 18 to 20 percent being a pretty average um this dude was hitting like 23 24 which doesn't sound like a lot but that's like impossible to achieve clarity you can extract that much but it doesn't taste good anyway so they were pulling that kind of a shot and they had uh, i remember specifically like what the name of the coffee was but it was a kenya and um, I just got an espresso because I had just started drinking espresso. Yeah. And it came, those shots are longer. Um, so to your eye, like a double espresso being like um, whatever, an 18 or 20 gram dose of coffee, you extract 40 grams of espresso. Okay. Just okay. I'm saying like it's yeah, an yeah, average. Yeah, yeah. Two, yep. two to one, two parts, two uh, liquid to one part dry coffee okay um the ek shots are like at least three to one so there's much more volume and so when he handed me the cup i was unfamiliar with the style in my to-go cup which i know are four ounces was almost full yeah and so i'm like what in the world so i mean i didn't ask questions or anything i just took it they were really busy Mm -hmm. and uh, we were walking and i had the taste of that espresso in my mouth for like an hour afterwards and it was like the fruitiest, sweetest, most clean. Like I've ne- I have yet to have that prolonged of a, a taste in my mouth that was pleasant from any coffee. Um, and so that's the one that probably sticks with me the most. I just remember retasting it essentially for an right. hour. Right. Like it just was stuck, and I just don't even remember anything about where we went because I was just like. <laughs> how why like what is what is this like it just said never i never tasted anything like it yeah so Whoa. that's really cool yep cool <laughs> that's really cool the, the heart the heart brewer over in portland portland portland, portland. i'm totally going <laughs> my wife has a um 
cousin over in Portland we've been talking about visiting. So I'm like, hey, oh, maybe, maybe, I can, maybe I can it's give about you all time. The stops. I will, I've been through a couple times. I will be messaging you, my so friend. Okay. All right. Is there is there anything else we want to hit? We're at we're at an hour and thirty four, which we've said we're just going to go until you know we, we need to go. But is there anything else you want to ask? Anything you want to dive a little deeper into, Joe? Is there anything that you want to say, Jesse? That you haven't had a chance to say? No, I don't think so. We covered the food. I mean. Covered the roasting, covered the coffee, covered the origin story, had the cupping, and I didn't giggle once. You didn't what? I didn't giggle once. Oh, yeah, you didn't. You were able to say cupping, like, every time. Even now, you're not giggling. Yep. I'm like a a grown boy. (laughs) (laughs) You've matured so much since the last time. I'm, like, all grown up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't think of anything. I kind of want to... I don't know. I guess I want to do a little shout out um, for the Coffee and Business Club um, that meets here every Wednesday. I think it's okay. Wednesday mornings. Yep. Those guys are cool. That's how I kind of was first introduced to El Banco. I wanted to show up to Jason's Coffee and Business. Great group of people there. We all came here and I always came in and got some toast. And I was wondering, and I would just get it. And they don't offer it, but I would just ask, can I have just a plain piece of toast because the bread is so good? <laughs> I just <laughs> need a toast and butter and a, some coffee. And that, yeah. I, I've done it like five times. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was going to say too, like I, I I meet in here quite often um, because you know I'm at least once a week, but maybe sometimes two or three, just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's obviously to me, and I don't work here, regulars. Oh, there, yeah. You have oh, yeah. you have like a diehard mm-hmm. fan club, right? That yep. that meets here. One of them actually walked by while we were. Recording and mm-hmm. said and said bye. He was here long after you were closed because you you've been closed for a while now. Yep. And he was here long after, and you're okay with him chilling and hanging mm-hmm. out while you guys are cleaning because he's here three times a week probably. He's would, been here guess. every every time I'm here. Almost he's every here. time I've been here, <laughs> yep. he's been here. And we don't have to mention his name. We all know who yeah. we're talking about. But he's 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 a great guy, and and uh, and I've seen so many different people just like that. Um, many work with him, but. Um, just so many people that that really just appreciate this place, the atmosphere, uh, what you bring to the coffee, and so yeah, we we appreciate you. And as as we move forward, uh, it'll be a little later than we expected, but we're mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have our our signature roast coming out. Yeah, and it's uh, why don't you explain it a little bit? What what do we have coming? Yeah, so it's a uh, obviously Brian chose it. Um, mm-hmm. It's coffee from Guatemala. I'll have a lot more specifics. Like, obviously, I always do that with my labels. Like, the farm that it's from, we do altitude processing method, which varietal of coffee, all of that. Um, but, yeah, so it's a fully washed coffee. Um, so we'll get a little bit of a different vibe than the two that we did today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a more standard-like processing method that you'll see um, in more wide circulation. Like, naturals and honeys are becoming a lot more mainstream um anyway so it's just a really i would say the most generic term is smooth the coffee just yeah very balanced and smooth oh, just and like us yeah. well and exactly. we, we and yeah we, we chose that too yeah balanced and smooth it's just like, yeah, us, just, like just like us but we wanted it to be um palatable for as many people yes. as possible um, and we'll not bore people who are really into it and right we'll also not scare away somebody who is not quite as into it as as the rest of us but yep. yeah and then my plan is uh on the back i'm going to get recipes uh from jesse depending on what method you're going to use to to brew the coffee 
so we'll have like uh, if you're going to go through a drip, you know, this this many grams or whatever. If you're going to go through yeah. uh, pour over, French press, you know, whatever. They may not all be different, but we'll, as many as we we can put on the back, so that you can follow the recipe that we'll be using as well, and and get the best flavor profile out of that coffee, but just based on the guy that that ordered it, roasted it, and is and is going to be putting it all together. Knows the farmer. Yeah, you know. <laughs> knows the farmer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, and I don't know. I've been to three different um, coffee plantations in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. It could have been from one of those. I, I wouldn't remember much of their names. Philadelphia was one of them. Uh, was one of the, the plantations I went to. They called it Philadelphia. But I can't remember the name of the other two. They were, they may not have even said the name, mm-hmm. right? They were just... Mm-hmm. Little Guatemalan. You have to look at a map or something like that. Yeah, I would. I would. And they were they were all very well. One was in Antigua, Guatemala, and then the other two were in Guatemala City. Um, and that's that's another reason to choose this one is because I've been there, and, yep. and I'll even be able to uh, share later on our our Instagram some of the the little videos and stuff from being at those plantations. Oh, cool. So when this comes out tomorrow. On Tuesday, so everybody's listening today on Tuesday, hopefully, maybe a little later. But look at our Instagram. I will, I will share uh, a few pictures we took here. We took some video as well, both Joe and I from our phone, and so mm-hmm. you can check that out. Jesse, we, we appreciate your time. Yeah, we appreciate um, you, Jesse. Taking up this Thank counter you. space. I know that Thank you, guys. And you, you, have, uh, you have a lot to do when, when closing down, and you, you made this time for us, even though mm-hmm. you could have just said, hey, guys, we got to wait till next week. Mm-hmm. But you, you made it work, and we, we really appreciate that. Cool. No problem. Yeah. I've said it a few different times on the podcast, so it's worth repeating that when, when you're investing in something, you can use money, you can give possessions, but I feel that the, the, the biggest investment you can give somebody is your time. And you've now given us, well, more than an hour and 40 minutes, but right now recorded an hour and 40 minutes, and we appreciate that investment. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we, we appreciate really appreciate that. Pleasure. Life, man. Um, and to close out, instead of doing the um, get after it outro, um, as a as an outro music and also a form of announcement. Okay, I'd, I'd like to play the new um, speed questions because we didn't do speed questions. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do speed questions, ah. and so that no, it's okay, it's good, and we we want to play the the music we had, and that will be our outro. So we will see you guys on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to uh, share with a friend. Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. Give us a rate and review on Apple iTunes, but you can be listening to us on anywhere, Spotify, Google, all the places that have podcasts. But we appreciate those rates and reviews, and we really appreciate the shares and um, all of you out there. That's right. Uh, until next time, I've been Joe. I've been Brian. Check out this new Speed Question music. You're going to love it. Welcome to the thing, formerly known as the speed round. No longer the speed round. We're just going to ask 10 fun questions. You take all the time you need to answer them. Oh, yeah.